Welcome to Postcards to the Universe with Melissa Caprio. Do you believe in magic? What if you were told that all you had to do was get a little creative and work a magic spell to bring anything you can imagine into your life? Here on Postcards to the Universe, we will share manifesting, tips, postcards, creativity, abundance, and prosperity. Here is your host, Melissa Caprio. Hello and welcome to Postcards to the Universe with Melissa, creating the life you crave. How's everyone doing? I hope you guys are doing well. I am back on live today. I'm excited. I'm super excited to be back and getting back into my normal routines. Um, For those who listen to me a lot, um, I went to a writer's retreat in Ireland and uh, got to travel the Irish countryside, met some amazing people, also got to spend some time in England, and it was a wonderful trip. I had some amazing adventures and created wonderful memories. It was very needed. I haven't really posted anything yet, but I will at some point. Uh, Unfortunately, at the end of my trip, my sister who is special needs, unexpectedly passed away. So I had expected to return back here live on OM Times uh, Radio sooner. But of course, um, dealing with family, um, the loss of my sister. So when you hear our commercial break, you're going to hear about our foundation that was started because of my sister, Tony, And I'm going to leave that commercial up because even though she is no longer with us, we are going to continue our work taking care of our girls who were my sister's friends and lived in our group home with her. And we're going to continue Rainbow Guardian Foundation in her honor. It has been exceptionally hard on all of us, but especially my mother, as you can imagine. And I've been spending as much time as I can with family as we are grieving her loss. So I've also taken a hiatus from creating my weekly affirmations, my Magic Monday messages with the affirmations and the photos. Uh, It takes a lot of time to create those. And I don't know when I will resume those, but when I do, I will share them on my social media. And of course, let everybody know. I still have the group Postcards of Love on Facebook that you can join. I haven't been posting as much with everything going on, but we'll resume. So please keep posting uplifting images and stories on there if you are a part of the group. And it's a public group and anyone can join. Today I have Sam Thiara as my guest, and he's going to join me in just a moment. Uh, For those of you who are new tuning into my show for the first time, welcome. I'm honored to have you. for those of you listening to me every week, thank you guys for tuning in on a weekly basis. It really means a lot. But for those who are new, I want to let them know that I am also an author, and my book is titled Postcards to the Universe, Harness the Universe's Power and Manifest Your Dreams. I'm also a photographer, so there are 30 manifesting stories along with the photographs that I took of the contributors manifesting postcards in the book. And I include writing exercises, and it helps us get clear and we want to manifest, and a toolbox full of um, exercises on how to manifest love, money, health, career, and so much more. So if you're interested in doing these inner work exercises and manifesting and reading people's incredible journeys of transformation, inspiration, and manifesting, please go to your favorite bookstore and purchase a copy. And I'm also asking for people to keep sending me your manifesting postcards. I need more of them, especially right now. So 
If you go to my website, postcardstotheuniverse.com, it tells you how to create a manifesting postcard and please send them to me. Okay, next week I have uh, Morgana Ray on and she is the number one authority in our relationship with money and her groundbreaking approach to love-centered wealth building. Her fans call her the money goddess because of the many documented stories of clients manifesting unexpected income from hundreds of dollars to millions of dollars within hours of changing their relationship with money. She's a pioneer in personal development for over 28 years. She writes, speaks, and coaches from a desire to empower entrepreneurs, artists, healers, and humanitarians to have a big impact in the world and to heal the rift between our hearts, our spirit, and our relationship with money. So that's next week's show. But I'm excited to talk to my guest today who is joining me. His name is Sam Thiara, and he is a professional who has created a personal journey as a storyteller, writer, workshop facilitator, problem solver, educator, and entrepreneur. His goal is to engage individuals in their personal and professional development. Presently, Sam is the founder and chief motivating officer Ignite the Dream Coaching and Consulting, a platform that engages his audience to define their path. He is an accomplished and sought-after speaker and has two TEDx talks to his name. Sam recently wrote a book called Lost and Found, Seeking the Past and Finding Myself. It focuses on his journey to India to find his ancestral roots and help his readers with cultural identity. Sam's signature tagline is, everyone's life is an autobiography, make yours worth reading. You can find out more about Sam on his website. It's www.sam.thiara.com. Welcome, Sam. Thank you for being on my show. Uh, Thank you, Melissa. It's a pleasure to be here, and I look forward to the opportunity of sharing insights and uh, my experiences with your audience. Oh, me too. So the first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to let you share a little bit about your background, who you are, and how you got into the kind of work you're doing. Sure. I mean, it's a it's an interesting journey because it, the narrative is very similar to so many people in their life in that, you know, you go to school, you graduate, and then you mm-hmm. carry on. Mm-hmm. And it was interesting because when I was graduating from university, I had a degree in business and political science. And to me, it was more like, okay, who's lucky to get me with that uh, combination? Because it's, it's a killer combination, business and political science. And uh, I sat down, I sent out 11 letters to different companies to say, okay, here's who I am. I'm ready for you. And about two weeks after, a letter arrived. Mm-hmm. I opened it up. And it said, thank you for applying. We don't have a job for you, but good luck. And I was like, that's okay. You're not lucky. I'm going to, you know, I've got 11, Mm -hmm. uh, 10 letters out there. I'm going to send more. Mm -hmm. You know what? The more letters I sent out, the more rejections that came back to me. And to this day, I still hold 86 rejection letters. It's the size of a brick and weighs about as much as a brick. 86 times. I'm telling you, Melissa, it was, it was not easy back then. I know it was not easy in the beginning, but finally somebody did accept me and I was like, okay, but it wasn't what you would think. I mean, business and political science, I did have an entry level government job. 
That job was being a janitor in a hospital, mopping floors and emptying rubbish bins Mm -hmm. with a degree on my wall. Well, Mm -hmm. I went into that job, but I went into that job without this attitude of like, poor me, or are you kidding me? And this is terrible. Instead, I went into this job with an idea and this attitude of, okay, I'm here. I'm now, this is the starting point, and this becomes the the beginning of the career path. Uh You know, in this job, there were three valuable lessons that I learned that still carries me to who I am today. The first lesson, my father said, I don't care what you do. Uh You do the best job possible because your reputation is on the line. And you know what? I, Mm -hmm. I still carry that with me today. Like there was no floor cleaner than at the end of my shift and no rubbish Mm -hmm. bin left full. Mm -hmm. Second valuable lesson. There were times where I would get on the elevator with nurses, doctors, and administrators, and I was ignored because you're not a professional. Well, Mm -hmm. you know, I know what it feels like to be ignored. Mm -hmm. So I talk to everybody. Now I'm, I'm in the process of it's been about 5,000 conversations to date to help people navigate and be on their journey. So that becomes something that's really important to me as well is the ability to, to share and to speak with other people. The third valuable life lesson was in anything that we do, we have an opportunity to learn. So instead of looking at this janitorial job as an absolute of it's either bad or good, I went in saying, no, what can I learn from this? And that carries me to even today where in anything that I undertake, whether it has setbacks, whether it has successes, what can I gain and learn from this? Well, Uh fast forward. I mean, I I got into a corporate job after that and the corporate job was all right and I could do the job, but it just wasn't me. Uh So, and this is where it really comes forward to what you're asking about who I am. Because I started thinking about rather than what I'm doing, who am I? Uh And I started thinking about the five things that I'm not willing to compromise in life and career, not just career, but life and career. And the moment that those five, I call them five core elements in my life materialized, I was able to now look at the job I was doing, the corporate job, and realize it just didn't fit. And so instead, I then started looking outwardly and realized there was something else in the company that resonated that allowed me to satisfy those five core elements. I mean, they've changed over the years, but that's what really has guided me to become everything that you've just suggested. Now, the five things which have changed over time that I am not willing to compromise in life and career right now are servant leadership. Mm -hmm. story sharing, activator igniter, champion enabler, and a community do-gooder. Those five things have enabled me to help individuals, teams, organizations, educational institutions, and nonprofits to become their pinnacle best. But equally, it's enabled me to become everything that uh, you've said about being a speaker, storyteller, a mentor, yeah. coach, writer, blogger. It's all about helping people find clarity in their life. And that's mm-hmm. where uh, I really find a lot of joy and satisfaction is the five core elements and getting people on board with what's their journey. What's, what are the five things that they're not willing to compromise? 
Mm, I love that. And I like that you said that you kept the 86 rejections. I know um, I got some rejections before my book was finally published, so I know exactly what you're talking about. And it's interesting because because people yeah. think um, – you know, the way the world is now, right? Everything's so fast, right? So people mm -hmm. come out of yep. school and they expect young people, especially they expect like yep. to be an overnight, you know, success yep. story. And, you know, and like you'll hear those stories Well, they'll, you'll see somebody all of a sudden they're real popular and they're very successful. And you're like, they just became an overnight sensation. And you're like, no, uh, it's no. been 20 years. And they finally, the work that they've put yeah. in is there, you know, it's coming back to them now. But, and, mm -hmm. and so many people want that instant gratification and it just doesn't work that way. You have to do the work to see the results and a lot of mm -hmm. what you, um, help and coach people on is how to do, you know, their own work so that they can get the results that they want from yeah. whatever they're doing. Like it's, it doesn't matter. Like yeah. you said, even if you're a janitor at a hospital, if that's mm -hmm. what you love doing, then, you know, where can you get fulfillment mm -hmm. from that? So I like that you say, um, embed the ordinary you say embedded in the ordinary is the extraordinary so can you kind of elaborate a little bit on that what you mean by that absolutely i mean that's that was my first tedx speech and it was about how do we build our stories and how do we realize you know the the significance of our stories and you know it was one of those aspects that I looked around and I said, because people ask me, how do you build your stories? I mean, because mm -hmm. you tell these great stories, whether I'm talking to my students in university and, and doing it in lectures or, or keynote addresses, et cetera. It's true. Like, I think that we go through life in autopilot. We get so caught up in our day-to-day -day routines. Mm -hmm. Everything starts to seem ordinary. But embedded in the ordinary are those tremendously extraordinary experiences. But we have become numb to it. So in that first TEDx speech, what I did, I came up with this concept that I call carpe, as in carpe diem, which is seize the day. Mm. But carpe is how we can discover the extraordinary in the ordinary. Carpe, what's, what it stands for is curiosity, appreciation, reflection, perspectives, and experience. And I'll go through each one. Yeah, that's curiosity. funny. I'm glad you I'm glad you brought that up because that was my second follow-up to this question. So it's perfect. So yeah, start with no. the like the first one and then maybe after the after sure. the, the curiosity we'll take our break and then come back because I don't want to cut you off in the middle of a thought. So okay, so curiosity, let's do that one. Perfect. Curiosity is this whole idea of, you know, we have our blinders on but if you take the blinders off like whenever i'm walking uh, walking or driving or uh -huh. uh, sitting and thinking all of a sudden uh, my my senses are open so the obvious of something around me just stops me and as uh -huh. a result the curiosity starts me thinking about this even further and that would lead to the appreciation. Mm -hmm. If you want me to carry on, I can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's do appreciation and then we'll take our break. <laughs> we okay. still have like a little bit. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. So curiosity stops me. Appreciation is appreciating something, someone or some experience for more than what it is. We start appreciating it differently than what the obvious is. So that suddenly becomes that appreciation piece that relates to the curiosity that stopped me.
So that's where the curiosity and the appreciation blend together because mm-hmm. now you're start, starting to build into this and that ordinary starts transforming into the extraordinary. Mm, yeah, I love that. And that sometimes we um, get a little cynical and we stop being mm-hmm. curious in our lives and we certainly stop being appreciative, right, for everything that we have. So it's a good yeah. reminder to... Mm-hmm. Um, be aware of that, to be a little bit more aware of where we are in our mindset. So the next one is going to be, and the carpe is going to be reflection. But before we talk about reflection, let's take our first break here. And then when we come back, we'll hit on reflection. Stay tuned, guys. I'll be back with Sam Tiara. Hi. I'm Melissa Caprio from Postcards to the Universe, creating the life you crave. Do you believe in magic? What if I told you all you had to do was get a little creative and work a dream spell to bring anything you can imagine into your life? Well, guess what? I've got the spell for you. Postcards to the Universe, a global movement for manifestation, is a casting magical tool for you to use whenever you want. How does living in passion sound to you? Join me in my movement where you get to create in the magical playground. Let's think outside the box and do some playful conjuring. By casting out our desires with a manifesting postcard, we explore our hearts and allow the alchemy of our dreams to appear. And don't forget to tune in each week here on Om Times Radio with my show, Postcards to the Universe, Creating the Life You Crave at 4 p.m. Eastern Time. I share tips on creativity, abundance, and prosperity, and you will be introduced to the coolest guests, trailblazers, mystics, and creatives who enrich our lives. Welcome back. And if you're just joining me, I have Sam Thiara on, and we were talking about his uh, work, the work that he's doing. And Sam, you know, I love that you say everyone's life is an autobiography, make yours worth reading, because sometimes we just don't do that. (laughs) And I think we need to do that a little bit more, make ourselves a little bit more of a priority and how we want to be looked at, how we want to be remembered, what we want to contribute, right? So right before the break, we were were talking about uh, Carpe Diem and which ones we hit, curiosity and appreciation. So let's Let's do reflection. What does reflection look like? Oh, perfect. I mean, yeah, so it's the process of discovering that extraordinary in the ordinary. And, you know, Mm -hmm. curiosity stops you. Appreciation is gratitude and appreciating something for more than what it is. Reflection is where you start adding more purpose and meaning to the obvious of what's in front of you that may seem ordinary. So apart from that, the reflection is that deeper, deeper thinking that you now do. And the perspectives layers in because those are the perspectives is on what we are comprised of as experiences and thoughts and ideas. So both our reflection and perspectives add more purpose and meaning to that whatever we thought was ordinary, but is transforming <clears throat> into extraordinary. But the real important one is the experience at the end, because, you know, it's great to be, you know, curious and appreciative and reflective and have our perspectives. But unless we capture it as an experience, our story dies an untimely death. We, we will never think about it. We would never realize it. So it, it's about capturing them in that process and then making it and locking it into an experience. Mm. 
And I'll, if, if I may, I'll give you an example mm-hmm. of yeah, how you can, con- you. yeah, of how I convert the ordinary into the extraordinary. A number of years ago, uh, mm-hmm. I was holding an event, and uh, people were coming to this event, and I was like, okay, how can I bring them together? And uh, I gave everybody a single piece of a jigsaw puzzle. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I saw the puzzle pieces throughout the evening. It was, you know, sitting on the table by mm-hmm. somebody's beer. Uh, it, you know, wasn't in anybody's hands. Mm-hmm. Well, what I told people when I spoke to them at this event was, I gave you a single piece of a jigsaw puzzle. It's ordinary. There's not much you can do. So say, Melissa, if I was to, mm-hmm. you know, send you a single piece of a jigsaw puzzle, what can you do with just the one piece? Mm-hmm. Not much. Not it's much. ordinary. There's, yeah. Well, that's what people feel like. They feel like that single piece of a jigsaw puzzle. They don't know where they fit in. They don't know what the bigger picture is. But right before their eyes, I transform Mm -hmm. it into extraordinary. Because what I do is I show them the satchel where my puzzle pieces are coming from. And I said, instead of focusing on the single piece of the jigsaw puzzle, Mm -hmm. focus on the satchel. Because if I give you a piece of my puzzle, do you realize my puzzle is now permanently incomplete without you? Do you realize how important you are to my life and my puzzle? And Melissa, the transformation on their face, it's, it's just, it's impeccable. Like, you, you know, I see the transformation. To date, I've given over 5,000 pieces. And what I've heard from people is they said, you know what, it's taped to a mirror and every morning I wake up, it reminds me someone said I'm important. It's in mm-hmm. curio boxes. It's traveled in backpacks around the world. Five, six years later, uh, someone will take a picture of it and send it to me saying, you are still with me. And I've even had people who have gone through the most difficult, challenging times in their life where they were surrounded by the darkness. Now, mm-hmm. the puzzle piece didn't get them out of the darkness, but they said in the deepest, darkest moments, I saw that single piece of a jigsaw puzzle. I put it in my palm and it reminded me that I was connected to you Mm. and it offered me a level of assurance. And that's how significant and, you know, something that's ordinary as a single piece of a jigsaw puzzle holds so much purpose and becomes extraordinary. That's an example of how you can change something from ordinary into extraordinary. Yeah, I think we forget how mm-hmm. interconnected we all are in how yeah. important we all are in, I guess, to use mm-hmm. the puzzle piece theory, in the puzzle that makes yeah. up the planet, right? Everybody yeah. has their own unique, is their own unique piece. And certain pieces wouldn't work without mm-hmm. um, the next piece that would connect to it, right? So we know this, right. but we forget it. We forget, you know. Yeah. Life hits us, sends us challenges, um, you know, or, you know, we're, we lose somebody, you know, we're in grief and, you know, it's hard to get out of that space and feeling alone and, and all Mm -hmm. of that. So it's, it's nice to have a reminder of that. And that's why I love doing this radio show because I like interviewing people like you and who do Mm -hmm. remind us you know, to, there's different ways to look at things and there's different ways to think about things. So yes. y- how do we, um, mm-hmm. 
Okay, like your the I like this question, and this was actually your question that you suggested, which I thought was really good because I've never asked this question before. How can I? Because the the world is loud, right? It's loud. Right. Everything's loud. Mm-hmm. How do I activate my voice, my inner voice mm-hmm. inside me, to be louder mm-hmm. than the noise that's all around? I think that's Absolutely. a really important question. Well, and and what's interesting is there's a lot of noise, people telling you what to do, society Mm -hmm. telling you what to do, social media telling you that this is the way you should look or that Mm -hmm. any number of things. And you're right, it becomes overwhelming. And I, I mean, I always say that I'm what I call the difficult monk, because I have people coming to me who want me to tell them the answers. So they come to me seeking out the answers. And I always say, you know, I mean, they think of me this, as this orange saffron bearded man on top of a mountain. Now, where I, where I live in Vancouver, I mean, I am on top. I, mean, I am in a mountain and I do have a somewhat of a small beard, uh, but I'm not wearing an orange saffron robe. But um, I always say that being a difficult monk is really the way it should be, where I'm not going to tell you what to do. I'm not going to tell you what the answers are. But what I'm going to do is ask a lot of questions because the answers you seek lie within you. And my job is just to ask it. And that's why, you know, I become that activator igniter or the champion enabler is to get them to start thinking about that. The way that I get them to start activating that voice within goes back to what we talked about earlier is to realize who are you as opposed to what do you do? Because we're not defined by what we do. We're defined by who we are. And I'll give you an example. I mean, when I teach my class at university, I've got 120 students and I make them in week two, write a personal statement. Don't tell me like resume wise, what you do. Tell me who you are. And I give them a little bit of some tips and ideas. And then I have them revisited in week 12 after we've gone through a semester of stories and experiences and things. And it's surprising how many people change it or they say, this is something I have to carry forward. Mm-hmm. Now, it goes back to those five core elements, because if you want to create a, a house or build a house, you need a solid foundation. Well, to build a life, we need a solid foundation. And sure. the way you do it is to say, okay, If I look at jobs I've had in the past, my responsibility is to ask people, tell me about the jobs you've had in the past. What did you like about them? What did you not like about it? But the important question to ask is why? Then what about when you were in school? What courses resonated? Which ones did you not like? Tell me why. And what do you like to do in your social time? What do you, uh, and then when they tell me that, I always ask them why, but the key thing is to ask why. So, for example, people, when I, when, oftentimes when I do this exercise, uh, uh-huh. people will say, well, one of the things I'm not willing to compromise that's really important to me is family. I said, okay, uh-huh. why is family important to you? And they start going down in detail and explaining it uh-huh. to me. And I keep, and I listen to them and, and, you know, they may use the word connections and relationships and then they talk more. And I come back to, them and I said, okay, back a while back, you said connections and relationships. Does that apply to your work environment? And they're like, yeah. Does that apply when you were in school? Absolutely. Does it apply in your social life? Oh, I have to have it. So I said, can we replace 
profoundly with relationships and connectedness as one of the things that's really important to you. And it it amazes me because then they're like, oh, man, that makes so much sense. Mm -hmm. What I try to do is build those five core elements in their life and career so that then they can look back at their career and say, does it fit or doesn't it fit? I mean, I think sometimes Mm -hmm. what happens and I I try to get them to not – look at their job and then build the five things to that. I just want them to do it very organically. But then when you go back and you look at it, now you have five things that actually will guide and support you. So like when I did this exercise the first time for myself, I mean, I looked at the corporate job I was in and it hit zero of five. But the (laughs) moment that I came but the moment I came up with the five and I wound up after a year and a half, striving towards that job that I thought really mattered. And I hit five out of five, I hit fulfillment. And it it was enabling me to activate that voice within. Right now, because I, I, I have these five core elements, I'm working on 12 projects right now. All 12 hit five out of five. And they're not unique and distinct to each other where I'm running around in so many different uh, areas and venues. They layer into each other. But Melissa, to be be fair, like, you know, eight years ago, I never saw myself as an author or a writer, but it hit five out of five. Twelve years ago, I never saw myself as a lecturer in university. But when I'm there now, it just resonates. It hits five out of five. So that's how you can activate the voice within to be louder than the noise around. And actually, that was my second TEDx speech that uh, if people are interested to get more Mm -hmm. details, that's my second TEDx. Mm, I love that. Yeah, like I I know exactly what you're talking about because I never would have thought I'm a photographer, artist is my background. And I never Mm -hmm. would have thought I would have written a book. And I wrote my second right. book. You know, it's not out yet, but I wrote it. And and the radio show, I never thought I was going to be on radio. And I realized that it's something that I really love to do because I'm very interested. It, it fits me. I'm so interested in what other people are doing. And I'm so curious of mind. Cool. And I love learning new things. It's like the perfect venue for me. But if you would have asked me that. Uh, 10 years Mm -hmm. ago, I would have said, no way. What are you talking about? So it's true. You have to find what your core values are and how that um, transmutes Mm -hmm. in every area of your life. So like what? Okay. So for example, if I say to somebody, oh, tell me a little bit about yourself. They'll say, oh, I'm an Mm -hmm. actor. I'm an artist. I'm a singer. I do this. I work here, blah, blah. Okay, you just told me what you do, but I don't know anything yeah. about who you are. So what questions mm-hmm. should we ask ourselves that can help us build and tell our mm-hmm. own stories about who we are? Like, what are some, a few core questions we should be asking ourselves? Well, and this is where uh, a coach can be very helpful because mm-hmm. they are the people that will ask you those sure. reflective, uh, introspective uh, questions. But I think it is really about, uh, you know, what, what, What's your vibe? What what are you interested in? And you know, and and that's that's the part that always I find is amazing because, you know, you'll have someone going through a job or career and mm-hmm. uh, they think that yeah, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. And I've had uh, con- conversations with you know senior people in organizations, and my job isn't there to tell them that they were wrong. But at the end of the the conversation, they're like, man, did I even pick the right 
field or career. Right. Like, what should I be doing? Mm-hmm. So it really is about, you know, I think the carpe I talked about and the five mm-hmm. core elements are things that you can be doing. And equally at the same time, I think that there's um, a huge benefit to be journaling because what journaling allows you to do is to capture moments of time that, you know, resonate and mean something to you. Now, you know, if you're somebody that's very organized and and really likes structure, then at the end of your day, take 10 minutes, 15 minutes and journal. If you're somebody who's organic like me, I'll do my writing when something strikes me and I, and I don't want to lose the thought. So I think that that's an important thing is this whole idea of of equally of, of journaling and that it, it helps you to realize your pathway and journey because, you know, think of it this way. I mean, when you've had multiple jobs or careers and let's say you go for a job interview and they say, well, tell me about a time when you had to work in a difficult situation or something to that extent, well, we suddenly are scrambling to say, well, here's an example or something that's just really constructed for that question, uh, when instead, really, there's so much that we have. And it does go back to that signature tagline I shared with you in the beginning, or that you shared in the beginning, that everyone's life is an autobiography. Make yours worth reading. We are all living stories, but we forget to capture those stories and journaling is a great way to realize our significance and our journey and, uh, you know, what direction we, we should be going. Mm, yeah. Yeah. I am. I'm a big proponent of journaling. I go through periods. I'm either journaling a lot or that I'm not. Yeah. Sometimes it's a visual journal. Sometimes it's not. Mm-hmm. So that's just the way that I like to work. And like you, I do it when I'm called, when spirit calls me, yeah. right? Because I'm very intuitive and I listen to myself a lot now. You know, I've learned that <laughs> over yeah. the years. I want to talk about your book, but I see we're going to be coming mm-hmm. up to the next break. So I want to find sure. out um, you know, yeah. what inspired you to write Lost and Found, Seeking the Past and Finding mm-hmm. Myself and, and what, you know, and share with everybody what it's about. So guys, stay tuned and uh, Sam and I will be back in just a couple of minutes and we have lots more to share. So see you in just a few. Welcome back. So Sam, I'm going to jump right in and I want to talk about your book, Lost and Found, mm-hmm. Seeking the Past and Finding Myself. So uh, when was the book released? Uh, it was released in 2019. Okay. So So, share a little bit. So the book, it says it focuses on your journey to India to find your ancestral roots roots, and help us readers with cultural identities. So what inspired you to write the book? Well, there were there were two things. One is that, uh, you know, I'm a British born Canadian. My parents come from Fiji Islands, which is near Australia. And my grandfathers are from India. And I mean, visibly, I look Indian. So people would naturally come up to me and say, well, what part of India are you from? Uh And then I would reply back with, well, born in England, raised in Canada. And then they're like, no, no, your parents, what part of India? And I said, well, my parents come from Fiji Islands near Australia. And they look at me perplexed. And they're like, are you Indian? And I'm like, well, my grandfathers and my ancestors are Indian. And um, uh-huh. other people would then say, well, you're not Indian, you're Canadian. 
So mm. it was one of those things that I always struggled with identity. Uh, sure. Like, am, am I British, Canadian, Indian, Fijian? And, you know, <laughs> and, you know, when you're Canadian, I mean, here I am, uh, you know, been in Canada most of my life. I mean, we mm-hmm. play uh, hockey, we, um, you know, eat hot dogs. And when we fall mm-hmm. and scrape our knees, we, we bleed maple syrup. I mean, I'm that mm-hmm. Canadian. You're right. And, <laughs> Yeah. But you get maybe beat up in school because mm-hmm. you're Indian and you struggle sure. with that. So the identity piece was one reason. The other was that we were separated uh, from our our roots and that my grandfather left in 1905, landed in Fiji. Then my parents, you know, they moved to England where I was born. And, you know, we were disconnected to this, this sure. uh, place called India. And part of it was you know, wanting to realize identity, but also realize and find my ancestral roots. Well, what I had was um, very little information to go on because, you know, nobody really had gone to the village except my dad's older brother. And he passed away many, many years ago. We just knew the name of the village, Chadori. We knew the district was Hoshiarpur. And the, the town that it was near, about six miles away, was called Garshanka. So with that information in hand, and a day before I, uh, two days before I left, I got a photograph from my cousin, my uncle's son, who sent me a photograph of the people from our village. So, I mean, really, it was sparse information, and you can't find the village on a map. It's just not that easy. So here you've got a person who's never been to India. You've got a person who's going to search for their roots with a faded photograph, very little information. So the essence is it's a foreigner going to a land that shouldn't be foreign to them in search of a needle in a haystack and not sure where the haystack was even located. Mm. Well, the identity piece was an interesting one because, you know, I had always segmented my life into British, Canadian, Indian, and Fijian. And there's a, there's a platter in Indian cuisine called a tali. A tali is a silver platter, and in it are these bowls. And that's what my life was, segmented, you know, depending on if I'm in school, I'm Canadian. If I'm going to an Indian temple, I'm, I'm you know, then I'm Indian, etc. Well, I remember having an epiphany in India uh, before going to visit the Golden Temple in uh, Punjab. And I just remember waking up at 4 a.m. and realizing, wait, I'm not a tali. I'm not this dish that's segmented into different cultures, Mm. I'm actually a rice dish called kichuri. Kichuri is a rice dish, which is a blend of flavors, blend of spices. And it made me realize that maybe I was doing this all wrong. I mean, maybe I'm a blend of all these cultures, as opposed to segmenting and being unique in these cultures. So that was the identity piece that I was Mm. able to realize and now share with others. The journey to find the village was certainly much more difficult um, sure. because of, <laughs> right. well, and, and there was a lot of noise again of people who say, why are you searching for the village? You're not going to find right. it. And if you find it, maybe it's bad uh, that uh, you're not going to get a good reception. But I still went forward because I thrive in ambiguity and uncertainty. Well, so we, I went with this photograph. But a day before I left, my step-cousin from Fiji had contacted me, and he said, look, I know you're in searching for this village. I made it to Garshankar, the town, but the name of the village is Janodi. So I thought, oh, Chadodi, Janodi. So Janodi is the name. 
But then I searched and I couldn't find Janoti, but I found a place called Jandoli. So Chadoti, Jandoli. I went to my father. I said, look, it's six miles from Garshankar. Jandoli, do you think? And he goes, actually, do you know what? I think that's the place. Wow. So he armed with a photograph. Hmm. I arrived with my wife in a courtyard in Jandoli. And, you know, people are sitting around. And think of it as I come to your house with a photograph saying, are you part of my family? <laughs> right. I mean, they were a bit overwhelmed at first, but then they said, sit down, have some tea. The village elder will come and he'll talk to you. So the village elder arrived and basically, uh, you know, he looked at the photograph. He goes, you know, I'm not sure of the house, but there's a guy in the picture who I think I know. And his house is up this way or, you know, he's no longer there. So he jumps in our vehicle. There's this anticipation that, oh, my gosh, I'm going to find my grandfather's house. Uh-huh. We drive to a house and people come out, they look at the photograph and I'm, and I'm really anticipating that this is exciting until I see the guy shake his head saying, no, this isn't the right house. And I'm like, okay. Uh-huh. But he said, you know what? There's this other house down the road and this guy looks like so-and-so. So here the, the anticipation starts to build again and we get to another house. Well, this happened more than, uh, you know, five times where we went from house to house to house Jandoli, beautiful people, wrong village. But what I appreciated is when I came back to that uh, courtyard, and they were they were anticipating that this was going to be successful, but sure. they saw me and they immediately realized, no. It wasn't. Well, mm-hmm. I loved what they said, though. They said, don't worry, come back tomorrow and just be a part of our family. Aww. And I thought that was such a beautiful sentiment. So... I went back to the hotel. I phoned my dad. I said, look, I tried. It just didn't work out. And uh, the next day, uh, my driver came back. My wife thought we were going shopping. But I said, no, you know what? Forget what everyone has told us. Let's just drive to Garshankar, the town. Let's just talk to people. And again, sure enough, you're not going to find it. Never heard of it. Um, You know, why are you even searching, et cetera? Until one person said, oh, I think I know Chadoti. It's up the road that way. And I'm like, okay, did I hear this correctly? And I'm guarded at this point. So we start driving. We drive to, um, the, you know, along this road. We come to an archway. And on this archway, this old man is seated there. And he's just sitting there looking at the ground. We show him the photograph. He looks at the photograph. And uh, he says, well, I don't know about the house, but I think I know you know, this guy in the back. And at this point, I'm just like, you're like (laughs) 80 years old. You don't have glasses on. I can't even make out people in the picture, but okay. So we drive to this house that he guided us to. Uh, He gets out, he walks with the photograph, people come out and I'm like, here we go again. And while he shows the picture, this one woman in the picture, she's got a white shawl on. She looks at the picture and she goes, that's me in the picture. Who oh, are you wow. guys? Wow. And I looked at her and I said, no, no, wait, did I hear you correctly? This is you. And she looked at me and she goes, yes, but who are you? Uh-huh. So I, right. so here I am now standing in front of my grandfather's house. And uh, when I explained who I was, she mm-hmm. suddenly hugged me. Tears started to flow. And uh, she said, you're home. And that really oh. sort of struck a chord. And it turned out that this was my grandfather's house where he left, 
but it was also his older brother's family that I'm now with. So I'm with my oh. grandfather's older brother's family. Oh, wow. So you found them. That's amazing. I did. Wow. And it did was, you feel and a was, connection with India? Did it feel like it from and different yeah. than anywhere else? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Actually, do you know, it's, it's interesting. I feel a connection to so many different places I visit, but India certainly made it resonate for me because it made me realize I went to India looking for my Indian roots, but I was always Indian. That's what it made me realize. Oh, and I didn't yeah. need to go to India, but I'm glad I did. But one thing that I did do is I went out into the fields and I scooped up dirt and I brought it home to my father so that he now had the village because he had never been to India. So uh, that's the reason that the, the story is called Lost and Found, Seeking the Past and Finding Myself, because what was lost mm-hmm. was found in both identity and my roots. And I had to seek the past to find myself. Mm-hmm. And that, that's why the essence of that book, the, story, the title is uh, very, very particular to what actually the journey was. Mm, yeah. Well, there's something to be said about tracing your ancestral roots mm-hmm. back, you know, to seeing where you come from and connecting yeah. to the place that your family um, originated from. You know, I felt that way yeah. when I was in Italy because my family's from Italy, yeah. not, you know, my immediate family, but generations sure. above are from Italy and migrated over to yeah. the States. So there's something yeah. about Italy to me that is just, yeah. So, of course, I totally can understand that. (laughs) Yeah, that's amazing. And I do. I think we, uh, many of us, especially, Mm -hmm. you know, Canada, U.S., Mm -hmm. we're melting pot, people from all over. So we lose those connections to our roots. And there's something to be said about, you know, finding out who we are and where we come from that I think helps what the work that you do, which is tell your own story. Right? Totally. It's, it's, yeah, to make your story unique. yeah. And what's beautiful about it is with so many people that I've shared this with and, you know, talking about Italy, there is one person, his ancestral roots go back to Sicily. And, you know, he and I were talking and he said, you know, it's amazing that you were able to do what you did. But, you know, I will never be able to trace my roots because, you know, they moved to, you know, America generations ago and we don't have any uh, information on the town, the village, the house, mm-hmm. none of this stuff. And I said, but I said, but did you go back to Sicily? And he said, no, no, I did go back. And I said, okay, but much to what you just said, but did you feel a connection to this place? And Mm -hmm. he said, well, yeah, I felt the connection. I said, well, no, no, the same thing. So you've done the same thing. It's just I was able to do it in a different avenue or or a way, but Mm -hmm. you still were able to realize. And he just sort of said, okay, but I never really appreciated it as much as how you've just described it. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's, mm-hmm. that's great. I mean, that's, I mean, that's part of who we are. And we were talking about mm-hmm. building our own stories, right? Of who, who I am is a different story than to who you are and to who your neighbor is and your friends. So I, I yeah, mm-hmm. I can see how I can see, you know, with the work that you do, the book, yeah. how the book was inspired. It makes sense. Right. So, yeah. I mean, we only have like a couple of minutes. So I think, yeah. you know, a really important question is you talk about realizing your, we all want to know what our purpose is. So can you share sure. a little bit with us about how we can, um, what tools, mm-hmm. maybe some practical tools we can use to help us find what our real purpose is and to tell our own unique story. Sure. Oh, absolutely. I mean, uh, part of it is, again, I go back to the aspect of journaling, 
coaching. I think those are two things that uh, can really support us. And, and to start opening your mind and realize your significance in life. I mean, again, I think sometimes we get so caught up in our routines uh-huh. and our, you know, and the journey, like uh, the narrative of, you know, going through university and I'm going to go into finance and I'm going to be this and this. And then, you know, next thing you know, you know, you're 55 and you're like, okay, but what did this all mean? I think that we really have to open our minds to our capacities and capabilities. But yeah, be a, I mean, if, if finance is your area, then by all means, go that direction. And in, but make sure you enjoy what you do because you don't want to be spending so much time on something that you don't enjoy. It goes right. back to an hourglass. An hourglass is a vessel of time, but it's very reflective of, of my life in that every single grain represents a day of my life. And I can tell you how many grains I've lived, which is, you know, 21,003 on the day I wrote the blog post. But how many grains are above me? Is it one, meaning tomorrow's my last day, 500, 5,000? All I know is every morning I wake up, a single grain enters this narrow chamber. And throughout my day, you know, the stories I meet, people like you, the, the experiences I gain, it adds richness to that grain of sand. And at the end of the evening, when it drops below, I've told mm-hmm. myself, I'm not going to waste a grain of sand. And that's the way I lead my life. And so it's, it really is about really appreciating and experiencing. And I'll, mm-hmm. and I'll just share this last concept with you, which is mm-hmm. with COVID and everything we've encountered, we need to care. But what yeah. care stands for is collaboration, adaptability, resilience, and empathy. Find out the strengths that you have and align it with others because that's where the magic happens when we align ourselves and we have so much to contribute. And adaptability means don't fear change, embrace change, be ready for change. Resilience is our life is a marathon. Lead your life like a marathon. And, ex- mm. and empathy means show care and compassion to each other. That's If you lead those four words of, of, you know, mm-hmm. that I've just described, I think that leads to a beautiful life. Mm, I do too. I agree. Thank you so mm-hmm. much, Sam. So let everybody know the best way to find you or follow you on your social mm-hmm. media. What's the best way that sure. they can reach out to you? Yeah. I mean, please drop by my websites, uh, www.sam-thiara.com. That's where I've got about 190 blog posts. Um, okay. Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, by all means, those are ways. Thank you so much. Well, it's great to be back, everyone. Thank you for listening to Postcards to the Universe with Melissa, creating the life you crave. And I'm wishing everyone a wonderful week filled with joy, abundance, and love. Peace.